Hello friend and welcome to another episode of the Unreasonably Happy Podcast. I'm Elisa Obakin, I'm your host, I'm a coach and performer and dancer and lots of other things. And today I wanted to talk to you about the three, my top three books about happiness, about joy, about making decisions for you, about finding what makes you happy, about purpose and living a fulfilling life and yeah all of these people explain this so much better than me so I really encourage you to read them and before this episode I didn't want to go and like research them and like get like a perfect synopsis telling you exactly what's in them like reading the blurb off the back you can do that at you know goodreads or on amazon or wherever you buy or read books on scribd on your kindle I'm just going to tell you what I remember from them and why they're still stuck in my mind. I love reading and I read so many books and these are ones that have stuck with me, ideas that have stuck with me and I just want to tell you my experience of them and I think they might be really helpful for you if you're also like, hmm, I think I could be happier. <laughs> these were some of the books that gave me like my biggest kind of happiness, acceptance, epiphanies, if you will. So. The first book that comes to mind, of course, ha, of course it is, is Gretchen Rubin's The Happiness Project. I don't remember when I read this. It was many, many years ago. And it's just this beautiful book that Gretchen Rubin has written many, many books that I love. Um, currently reading her Life in Five Senses, which is glorious, getting out of your head and into your body, which also makes perfect sense for embodiment and senses. But that's like the bonus book that's also a really nice happiness book but that's on the side life in five senses this one is the one i wanted to mention the happiness project is where she was as far as i can remember she was sitting on a bus and she was thinking ha huh, so i have all of these things in my life i have you know my my work and my family and all the things that i love and i'm not very happy i think i could be happier so she dedicated a whole year to researching happiness so she made it a project for herself to research happiness and one month per focus area uh, of an entire year. So in January, she started with the kind of basics, the eat and sleep and hydration and moving your body, the kind of very basic human physiological needs, like what your physical body needs, needs rest, needs movement, needs nourishment, which unless that's in place, it's really hard for anything else to kind of compensate enough for you to be happy if those aren't there and it varies from person to person and there's research in every different direction but yeah getting those into place and then throughout the year there were research from different different cultures different religions and like one month for like giving back and one month for this thing and for that thing i don't remember all of them but what stood out to me were how in november it's been almost a full year of this the fact that she was honest about not being sure if it was working was such a beautiful permission slip of like you can be so dedicated to something and it can still have its up and down ups and downs it can still have like it can still vary you will still go through seasons of things not feeling great you will still go through seasons of like ugh, being tired and being being sick things might happen in your life that you're like oh, actually i'm not feeling very happy now but throughout this book, she also ended up with uh, what she calls the, the secrets of adulthood. And one of her, like, I think she calls them her amendments, commands. I'll check it. 
but one of her like biggest rules of life let's call it that so her rules of life are amongst others be Gretchen so for you it would be be your name for me it's be be my name be me be the person that I'm supposed to be and not pretending to be someone else which is a tendency that <laughs> if you're a people pleaser to have people pleasing tendencies I'm working on it like me um, you might sometimes try to be someone else you might try to adjust yourself to who you think the person in front of you might want you to be instead of being fully yourself so be Gretchen is one of them and another that I really love is one of the best makes <laughs> wow one of the best ways to make others happy is to be happy yourself and one of the best ways to make yourself happy is to make others happy so this loop this continuous loop of relationships of connection to other humans is really important when it comes to happiness i think it's harvard has done the longest study on happiness and it does usually come down to our relationships with other humans our friendships our relations to our families and yeah connection with other humans so it's such a lovely book and it's very tangible it has like actual tips and tricks and how to how to find your flavor of happiness and like what's fun for you might not be fun for others and vice versa so there are things that she's talking about like i don't find this thing fun and a lot of people do and that's okay and there's nothing wrong with me and there's nothing wrong with them we are just different which is such a nice permission slip as well of like oh there's something wrong with me if i don't enjoy insert whatever someone else enjoys it's not we're just different that's it we're just attracted to different things we're attracted to different colors we like different styles of movies and books and music it's normal and it's it's the way it's supposed to be so the happiness project is my number one happiness book i would love to know if you've read it and what you got from it you can also find lots of information on her website. She has a podcast as well. She also has a podcast. Uh, is it called The Happier Podcast? Maybe? I think you'd enjoy it, especially if you enjoy this one. And she also has tiny episodes um, called, is it Little Happier? I think. Go check her out. She's wonderful. I will link everything in the show notes. And, and you can go and look at her things. The next book that I love very much and is also maybe, oh my gosh, maybe this was kind of my first introduction to embodiment in the sense of like listening to your intuition, really, really listening to what your body is telling you about your surroundings, about your things, about your space. And it is, of course, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up by Marie Kondo, who also has is it two tv shows now and another couple of books that came out of this book the spark joy book and um is it joy at home i don't remember what the other one is called but marie kondo the method of how to declutter your home based on her system um which is based on joy it's based on what items in your home sparks joy and what to keep what to keep in your life and I remember reading, this is many years ago now, I remember reading the blurb, I remember reading the cover of it, it was like, I can't read this book now because it will make me end this relationship that I am in. And whenever something makes you think that it will have such a big effect on you in your life that you will make a big decision like that, you have already on some level made that decision. Side note, 
if someone's kind of giving you permission to make a decision and you say, oh my gosh, thank you. I was waiting for this permission from someone else to not have to sit with this decision all on my own. Yeah, that's usually a sign that that decision is already made. We'll do another episode on that, <clears throat> probably on permission slips. But this book is how holding everything you own in your hands, taking everything out. It's not for everyone, but I think the message in it of why would you keep things that are not sparking joy, things that are not your favorite. You can decide what things to keep in your life. And there's there are so many oh, wonderful passages. I'm not going to talk about all of them because this episode will be a mile along, but allowing yourself to keep the things that make you feel good, that spark joy, that you love, that makes you happy and recognizing it in your body. And you start with your things. You start with, is this t-shirt making me happy? Is this, you know, is this pajama making me happy? And you move through your things from least sensitive, like least um, personal and uh, like nostalgia and sensitive items and memories and photos so you work your way through what you own in like a specific order and what happens is you build your decision making muscle based on what brings you joy which also naturally will build this muscle into the rest of your life if your muscle of deciding what is good for you is stronger, you will make better choices. Naturally, you will start recognizing this feeling of like, yes, in your body of like, joy. Oh, I love spending time with this person. Ooh, I love books like this. Yes, I do want to go on this holiday. I would love to go to the cinema. I, you know, recognizing that feeling in your body also means that you start recognizing what feels like a no, what you can choose away, what you can leave behind, leave for someone else. And I love the feeling. So I love personalizing my stuff. Uh, personifying my things and you know like my backpack is on my team it carries all my things but thanking your things I know this sounds a little oh but I love it thanking your things for their service like you will be happier with someone else if it's your destiny Mr. White t-shirt that I don't use anymore it's you want to be used for your purpose which is to be worn by a human if that's not happening here you are not happy in this household with me and you should be somewhere else with someone else fulfilling your purpose of being a t-shirt. Does that make sense? It made a lot of sense to me and it also made it easier for me to let go of things that I was like, oh, but I feel like I should, or it was a present, or there's nothing wrong with it, or it costs a lot of money, whatever it might be. Letting go of things so that they can have kind of a happier life without you and you get to have more space, more freedom. You get to have the things that you actually enjoy having and you're not just wearing things out of guilt. Ah. <sighs> What a metaphor for life, my friend. What do you think? So that book is also a wonderful book to start recognizing the yeses and the noes, the keeping and the not keeping. And yeah, it also, it frees up space and time and it has this like ripple effect outward in your life, which I very much enjoy. So yeah, and it also, like just that little book kind of starting the domino effect of, of change happening in your life. So don't underestimate the power of a little little pocket book. It's such a lovely book. And I think Marie Kondo is on Netflix. And yeah, that. So final one. This is quite a new one for me. It's called The Lightmaker's Manifesto. It's by Karen Walrand. And I would love to read it again. But she's talking about how 
joy, how activism and joy goes together, how if you're fighting for someone's joy, if you're working for someone else to have freedom and joy and happiness and the happiness of like choosing their own lives, like say you work for education or for someone who's currently in a war zone, some kind of activism where the result is that a people will be free or free to choose or free to have education or free to to leave their, I don't know, like an abusive partner, for example, something to make them happier. Actually, that seems to be kind of the end goal of all of this is what do you want for them at the end of this? Why do you want to get them out of this war zone? Why do you want to get them out of the situation? Is to get them to a place where they can be happy, where they can feel joy, where they can be fulfilled, where they can, you know, play music and be with friends and laugh and read and and kind of live up to their full potential and experience life and joy. That's what at the that's what's kind of at the end of it. That's the entire goal at the end of it. So that's how she was linking this back. Like, if I don't know what joy feels like, how can I keep myself motivated to fight? for someone else to be joyful, to be free, to be in charge of their own lives. And I love this perspective because I feel like sometimes the conversation goes in the direction of, well, it's so selfish for me to work for just my happiness. If I'm the only one who's happy, won't I just be kind of content and laying around on my couch, just like blissfully happy in my own bubble? Probably not. My experience is that when I'm happier, when I'm more joyful, I have more to give. I have more patience for others. I feel more generous. I have more surplus of everything I need to also keep working for other people to have the same. I'm not a very supportive, you know, volunteer when I'm not sturdy myself, when I have nothing extra to give, when I have no more energy, when I feel completely depleted because I haven't taken care of myself, I haven't rested, I haven't done anything to light me up, to fill me up, I don't have anything to give to others either. Working yourself to the bone for someone else and be like, oh, but I just want them to be happy, but I'm not happy at the same time. It's like there are less happy people in the world if you are not happy. Does that make sense? It made so much sense to me. And she also talks about this purpose and how you can keep yourself going. And it's a beautiful book and I can highly recommend. All right. I would love to know if you've read any of these books or if you have your own favorite books that kind of shifted your perspective on happiness, permission slips, what feels like it gave you a new perspective on something that you're like, oh my gosh, I oh, this is what I've been thinking already, or I've never thought about this before, but now it makes so much sense. I'm so glad someone else is thinking this. I would love to know. And you could either share it here, share it on Instagram, tag me in this episode, have a, you know, take a screenshot, send it to someone else. And I also love that all of these three books very much takes into account that you are a normal human, <laughs> that it's not, the goal isn't to be deliriously happy all the time, which is, you know, my philosophy as well. That's not the point but to have more happiness, more joy, taking so well care of yourself that it's easier for you to also take care of others. <sighs> that you being the most you is also in service of everyone else, seeing you and being like, oh, well, if she can be all of herself, if he can be all of himself, if they can be all of themselves, maybe I can be too. It's also kind of permission slip giving to the people around you, signalizing that, hey, I'm choosing what makes me happy and you can too. So I will talk to you very soon. Thank you for listening. And yeah, have a blah. <laughs>
I started that sentence not knowing where I was going. I wanted to say have a glorious and beautiful day at the same time and it ended up being a beautiful, have a beautiful, glorious day. And I will talk to you in the next one.